0: Philip Llanos, CEO, of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to The War Room. Uh, Lynn, it is a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you, Philip. I'm doing great. How about you?
0: Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, Jason and I and yourself, we're just catching up before we hit record, and we got the vibe. I think it's going to be a pleasant experience for those who are listening, a fun experience for sure. And That's awesome. as is traditional here, the question we like to kick things off with is, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs, working professionals, creatives?
1: My dad was an electrician and um, so, and my brother's an accountant. So not necessarily, but but there, my dad read a lot. And so he really inspired me to write. And so he's kind of the big person behind the scenes in actually doing this in a way, you know, way back planting the seed. You should, when's your, when you're writing your first book, like, oh, me, what? You know? So, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, that, that makes a big difference when someone encourages you like that. So you grow up was writing just because, you know, it happened to be part of the way life was, that was always going to be an intended thing just when you finally got to it, or did you have this whole other period?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That was like 50 years ago or something. You know what I mean? Not really 50, but it was a while ago. So it was, you know, really, it just was what I did. And that's one of the things I notice in people when they're kids, they tend to just do what they're made to do or what they're good at and they do it for fun. So I just did it for fun all the time. And, and so then when I was 18 and he said, so when are you going to write your first book? It was I think it was just something he saw in me, you know, it's just what you do. But really I was at the time I was a a freshman in college and I, I was thinking, what, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I, I I signed up for computer programming. Okay. That lasted like not even a whole semester. (laughs) And um, I ended up going in counseling and education. So I've been a teacher and a guidance counselor and that kind of world, um, higher ed for in, in all, all, all grades. I mean, you can say kindergarten all the way through adult ed. And, um, when I, there was one summer I was going to go into spring or summer break. And I was like, you know, I want to write a funny book. I just want to. So I started Googling, how do you write a funny book? And they recommended a class. And then I Googled that class. And then they said, oh, there's one starting next week. And I was like, okay, I started that class. And then I did another class and another class. And I, I just kind of kept going and, um, that I was still working, you know, in counseling education at the time, and I recently retired, but not retired. I'm really moving into a second career, and um, so that's where I'm doing the writing and speaking. A lot of times, my feedback from the world has been, you're really good at writing, and you're really good at speaking. That has been a theme since I've been just a little kid. Did I do that? No, but I'm doing it now. It took a little while to get there, but I I did those things, obviously, in my career to just get, get somewhere. But but that's one of the things I like to tell people is what is the world telling you that you're good at and they want more of that? And and when you hear, you know, when you hear that and see that, that you find where your flow is and and people will ask for that in a way and the world kind of reaches out to you to draw out your gifts. And so I encourage people from little kids on, what what are you good at? You know, what are you good at? And it, was, it reminds me of one boy I worked with, because I did a lot with um, career and guidance and things like that. And he says, oh, I really don't know what I'm good at. I'm like, well, what do you do? And he says, well, I put computers together. I I order them online and then I put them together and I make up, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you put computers <laughs> together. I said, that is not Ever that's not normal. People don't usually just pull up, grab a computer on the online, and I said that's a gift for you. It's so natural. You didn't even, you know, maybe notice it, but that's your gift. It's the natural thing. And um, I could tell you a million stories of how I've observed that unfolding. And I guess I'm kind of one of them.
0: I love this. Have you ever heard of Sir Ken Robinson? I think it's his name. Uh, Ken Robinson, he's got a book called Finding Your Element. I feel like you would truly appreciate his work. Now, you know, he's late. Now he's uh he he passed away from, uh I think early pandemic, but he was one of the biggest thinkers on helping people find their path like that. And mm-hmm. Okay, and thank what you. What I, what I like about this opportunity that we have here with speaking with you is entrepreneurs fall into something and this is a four letter word here on the show, busy, right? A lot. Mm-hmm. Uh Jason's favorite word, and I say that ironically. Uh <laughs> and um Often, you hear the phrase or the axiom: uh, "You can never grow beyond your business beyond your own personal development." And entrepreneurs do not always continue their education. Sometimes they learn from the hard streets of reality and running a business, right? But there's something to be said about continuing your education even as an adult. And for you, for for example, with you, you foreseeably—I mean, you—you essentially had had this great career you impacted young people's lives every day right all the way up to adulthood and then you decided I'm going to start a second career on something that I always said I want like I I said I wanted to be president of the United States when I was a kid right I mean I'm not doing that but that's what I said I wanted to do as a kid right so like maybe one day I'll have a second life where I do that right But I I think it's awesome that you actually pursued that other half because most people don't. Jason himself also had an illustrious career as a military uh, professional while running multiple businesses. And now is still running 12 businesses himself on top of that right now. You know what I mean? And so there's something to be said about people who just continue to push the envelope with themselves individually. And Mm -hmm. as somebody who does counseling and things of that nature and the work that you do and now stepping into writing... What do you think is the thing that drives you to do more and to be more?
1: You know, I sometimes they say it's almost an ache of the heart, like you can't get away from it. It'll just be there. It'll keep showing up or, you know, um and and I have not had a straight line through it. I've quit like I don't know 3 times at least in my head, be, you know, before today, you know? <laughs> I even applied for jobs and then I and then I would take my application out because it's so much safer and easier and comfortable to, oh, I know how to do that. And the, oh my gosh, there's such a need in counseling and advising right now or in, in education. Oh my gosh, I could easily just get back into that and flow. And I can't say that someday I wouldn't, I don't know that. But but what, what keeps me going is I wanna give it a chance. Um, I've said this for my whole life and I, I think it's worth giving a chance to. But in that, when you said about the development there's a lot of personal development that's going on because the voices or the noise that says you're not good enough or you can't do this. I mean, the first class I took, you had to put your stuff out there with the people to, to read it and give you input. And I remember leaving the class, you know, it was online and going and sitting on my bed and crying. I was just like, oh my gosh, they said this. you know, I don't do that now, thankfully, but I'm telling you, it is a learning curve to believe. You can actually do this. So sometimes it's, I find that harder than the the book work or the education that I could get somewhere else. It can be harder to go inside and say, you know what? Yeah, there's a giant saying you can't do this, but, you know, get out your little stone like David and throw it at him and see what can happen. You know, make it, just keep going. Keep believing in yourself. Um, Find people who believe in yourself when you don't, (laughs) you know, and um, I'll tell you, my first book came out two years ago. And I have had a lot of compliments about it. And I I don't necessarily, I don't think I take them in enough. It's just kind of like, oh, thanks. You know what I mean? But but then I got an award for the book. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I literally was at the place where I was going to get, you know, I was in the running of top five for a romantic um, category. It's a romantic comedy. Um, in the Global Author Elite Award. And I remember sitting there saying, you know, I'll just tell my friends I made top five. That's pretty cool. You know, and I was literally pre- pre- preparing my unaccepted speech. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay, you know? Bye. And then they call my name and I'm like, starting to shake a little bit. Like, oh my gosh, somebody thought this was really cool. And the, and, and I, since since writing it, I keep having people saying, when's your next one? When's your next one? I had people, probably at least five people this week, ask me one way or another, when is your next one? And guess what? I I have hardly worked on it. Why? I think there's some kind of block in believing I can do it. But if the world is asking for it and you've done it before, you know what I mean? It, it's that, I don't know if I'm, I'm kind of being wordy right now, but that internal growth, I think that's where we can stop because it's harder to do sometimes than to keep going and keep going, even when you know, even when you don't believe it, you know.
0: Yeah i I think there's uh I think there's some interesting tidbits there. Uh, you know, Jason himself has published several books. Uh, himself. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I think there's a difference between writing fiction and nonfiction. Sure, the lessons and information are the same; they're just consumed differently, right? On um, right. one aspect, mm-hmm. you focus on really developing a character and building a whole world around it. And I'm under the impression that's what your book, Miss Snickers, is is a is a is a fiction book.
1: It is a fiction book. Um, it is a a woman who, you know, she was all that, you know, in the business world, and then she loses her job, and she's kind of coming to terms with her relationship she's in, and she has an epiphany. And in that epiphany, she decides to just get out of Dodge and start over and go live with her great aunt Josie, who was her, you know, from her childhood has been her sage and, you know, kind of sage with an attitude, kind of fun. Um, and so she, as she's there, she's going to read redefine herself and and do her whole new thing and in that she decides well in the meantime i'll just sub you know i mean, I can make a little money it's not going to be that hard or whatever and so i have all these subbing stories because anybody who sub knows it's harder than you thought but they're adorable fun stories and in that time she learns to manage her classroom with candy bars so she gets the title of miss Snickers. you know so she kind of gets uh-huh. that name and um her old college roommate says, Hey, why don't we try this? And they they try this kind of out of the comfort zone escapade of new new things that's out of her comfort zone. And in that it's kind of like Lucy and Ethel rubbing shoulders with Bonnie and Clyde and you know, some splash of red wine. And and they go and they and and so there's a lot of those kind of stories in there, not only the the, the classroom stories, but then the two of them together are actually kind of humorous to watch as they're trying to do this thing that they have no idea. what
0: they're doing. I, I can tell from the way that you speak that these characters really are alive and like, and <laughs> the story. And I, I think that's powerful. Uh, before I go any further, I wanted, I want to turn the floor to Jason and have him uh, ask anything that might be on his mind or even just some reflections on some of what you shared. Okay,
2: yeah. Great. I think, <clears throat> so going back to something you said about, you know, I just felt like quitting. Right. Yeah. I mean, you don't run a business if there wasn't at least three times between Monday and Friday where you don't go, <laughs> just like, I'm,
0: I'm
2: done. done. Right. That's
0: good to know. I was, I thought it was only
2: me. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just like go outside and your head's about to pop off your freaking shoulders. Right. Cause <laughs> yeah. some stupid stuff just happened. And then you just gotta go, who's was Faba, <laughs> 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 you know, calm yourself down. And, but every goes through it. And I would literally call anybody that said they didn't in a week, I would call them a liar. Um, because the simple fact is, is it's not a perfect world. Right. And there's always challenges. There's always things that, you know, uh, you get blindsided and kicked in the head for something that you weren't prepared for at all. Right. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a client or Mm -hmm. it's somebody on your team or whatever the case may be. And you just, you take that kick in the head and you try to take it as gracefully as you can. Um, but but when it happens inside, you're just bubbling like, do I need this crap today? Right. right? right, right. And it's a natural reaction though, for everybody um, because we're human beings, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're not human doings. We're human beings. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so at yeah. the end of the day, we're designed to be emotional be uh you know all those senses we're designed to be those not to do them to be them we're a human being not a human yeah, do yeah. right yeah, and yeah and in our minds we just have to figure out well you know we have all these exterior things that are constantly hitting us as business owners well how do we how do we manage them or how mm-hmm. do we manage is not even the right word it's like how do we allocate the compartmentalization in our brain to deal with those things?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Cause naturally most people are very poor managers of mm. anything, right? Um, <laughs> most people just are, <laughs> I am, I'm terrible. I'll admit it. Um, and that's why I always laugh when people you know, say, well, I'm a great time manager. You are, huh? So you learned how to control Mother Nature now, (laughs) did you? Okay. (laughs) So so you know, I think a lot of those feelings that we all have as business owners, they're they're all normal. They're perfectly normal. And if anybody would say anything less, I would just say, you know, well, I guess you're the Jesus Christ of business then. Because (laughs) You're perfect, right? Mm. You're an Instagram family business, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> business is messy. I don't care. You could pull the curtain back behind any one of mine and go, wow, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a mess. But that's life. Life's messy. Don't try to make it perfect, it mm, won't happen. Good.
1: Yeah. 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 Taking that perfectionism out of it is, mm-hmm. as a freeing is a freeing thing. And we are all human. If we, and we, we meet each other on that level, it's okay to go through the, okay. You know, the insecurities or the fears of what you're doing, maybe it's bigger than you think you, you are, but as you walk together, I think there's um there's power in that. And I think there's power in even saying, I don't know, you know, I think it's okay. I, I am big on a connectedness that you can find your way and, and people can bring that to you. Um, I I guess I just feel like we're not alone when we feel like we're alone sometimes. And, and, and it's okay to admit that and to be, you know, um, unsure sometimes and be authentic about it. I mean, people are talking about vulnerability now, like it's a new word, really that people are starting to be open and more vulnerable about their um, where they're at, you know, instead of, I don't know, maybe that wasn't a thing so much before.
2: Kind of like being your authentic self. When did that get hard? I don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) At what point did it was it that hard to just be yourself? Because I got to tell you what, I would find it really hard to be Philip. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean that in a loving way. No, yeah, we're totally different people. It's like right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, Philip.
2: Philip likes to go for you know walks on the
0: beach with a glass of wine. <laughs> oh, and, you I know, know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: a romantic. What can I say? Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> you know, I do. I do a lot with personality styles because I just think it's fascinating. I've always, I mean, I I was the fourth grader who ran to the biography and autobiography section of the of the yeah. library. I just think how people work is just very interesting, and I found a great deal of benefit. And understanding another person's perspective and where they're coming from. And so Myers-Briggs, the DISC, those are things that I speak on. And um, it just seems like nine times out of 10, someone will say, oh my gosh, what you said helps me understand my husband better. helps me understand my coworker better. Um, As a supervisor, I would pull up, kind of guesstimate if I didn't know for sure my my reports just to see where I don't understand them I have a friend I did that for because I was like I know we're missing each other I know we're missing each other and I'll tell you what it was so enlightening and it was once I read her language so to speak and I translated my words into her language more it was like there was there was definitely a closer it, closeness and there was a um it made a difference. And, and so that's, I love, I love speaking on that because I just see how much of a difference it makes and it makes a difference on how you know yourself too um, in those ways. So anyway, that's Whoa, just a, okay. a thrill of mine to be able to share it with people. And so Obviously. I share it in the areas of like stress or like how, how would someone react in stress this way? What's the best way to react to someone who's like this in stress? And it makes it, makes a huge language. Language, language makes a big difference on if you're a real hard driver, or if you're more tentative, Um, my husband is such, he's a great, he's a kind, very kind-hearted, loving, wise man. And I have to really, really listen to what he's really, really saying, because I think my, my overzealousness or my let's go attitude could miss. And we've done that before. I was like, oh, but we said this. Yeah, but I meant to, anyway, you know, it's the whole understanding each other and getting along better and all those things. So I love that and i also love doing keynotes like life lessons at the airport or life lessons at the roller rink and and making those big global you know really cool ideas down to earth and and having people just enjoy themselves i do a lot of engaging things and we end with a flash mob if the group wants to and um so it's it's kind of fun and yeah that people business is that's, that can be the kicker right that can be the make or break of an organization even right I mean, would you say that J- Jason what do you think?
2: for sure you bet it's well it, it, it's like that with anything in life if you can't make it somewhat fun then mm-hmm. then it becomes work right mm-hmm. because if it's fun it's not really work right right I mean we do we do 10 podcasts in one day. And most people might look at that and go, wow, that seems like that's crazy, but it's fun. Me and Philip both love doing it. Right. So it's like the, the, the people we get to speak with and learn about and all these things, right. It's very fulfilling and, and it's an outlet, right. So you find outlets that, that jazz you up a little bit. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're coming into Friday, you know, your rear end's dragging three feet behind you. Uh, <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden you get this infusion of energy from other people on Friday. And uh-huh. it's just like, yes, that's what I needed. Bring more of that. Right. That's and cool. that's awesome. And that fire, right. That fire comes back and then you yeah. realize how much fun you're
1: having. And yeah. You to, it's not. Yes. Work. That is a good point. That is such <laughs> a great point. And those, I think, are natural skills again, where you don't mm-hmm. even know you're doing it and you enjoy it. And it's um, kind of like full circle to what we started talking about with two today. I agree.
0: There's uh, I, one of the things that I uh, I caught on to real quick uh, in the conversation is uh, your level of empathy uh, and, and a curiosity for other people. I think uh, it's it a behavior that it's worth observing and highlighting especially as a storyteller, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Someone who speaks at the level that you do uh, mm-hmm. consistently the way you do, uh, who also writes books, whether they're fiction, but there's real lessons involved. Mm-hmm. From what I can observe and gather, there's a huge degree of empathy and curiosity that you place in other people. And I see sort of locking in until you can truly understand what it is that you're mm-hmm. looking at. It's almost like it drives you. Yeah, you you can't get out of it until you find out, Okay, now I know what that is. Yeah, you might move on. So and I think that's important because storytelling for business is something that everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. But then they focus really on just telling you, oh, well, uh, we just raised whatever round of money. And it's like that's a bullet point. That's not a story. You know, Mm -hmm. and, and yet everywhere you look in every public, and I work with a lot of public relations companies, Mm. uh, and to to very varying capacities, but it's always the same thing that I see and whether they take my, my consultation or not, the the truth is a lot of people out there are telling their stories about their business in a way where it's a bullet point instead of an actual story.
1: But Mm. I, from
0: what I can see with what you're doing and the work that you do with personalities and this and that is that people are already their own story. There's already yeah. something interesting happening there. And I, think, and I think it's just important to highlight that behavior because it rarely do opportunities like that present themselves where somebody can point to something that just happened and say, see, this is what it means to be a storyteller. Like mm-hmm. In terms of natural behavior, what I'm always yeah. looking for from people is what are people not saying, but doing yeah. Yeah. that indicates why they're successful.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? And I
0: truly believe that part of the, your success behind, and this is just my observation, part of your success behind being a writer and then the career you had as a, as a consultant and a counselor, like helping people figure out who they are, is that curiosity mm-hmm. of you being able to remove yourself from the equation to truly see someone for who they really are.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: And yeah. so I wanted to highlight that because I think leadership needs that quality. Storytellers mm-hmm. need that quality. There's a lot that can be said about those things, right? So, with that said, if people wanted to connect with you and learn more about what it is that you're doing, where should they go?
1: Well, they can go to um, lynnheroff.com, but a lot of people don't necessarily know how to spell my name. It's like a different, you know, it's it's her off. Um, Lynnheroff.com, but also lynnspeaks.com. I thought that might be an easier wait to for people to find me. <laughs> um but I I do have a web page and, and the book is there. I'm available to speak and I love it. And you thank you, Philip. I appreciate that observation. That that is really true to my heart. And, the, and and people have told me that they felt like in a way that's why the characters were so endearing because they were real characters. They felt like they could relate to them. Um, and so anyway, I really appreciate
0: what you just said. Thank you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's what I do. I'm a professional observer of human behavior. It's how oh, I'm able nice. to drive conversations the way nice. that I am. And so, again, if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear,
1: mm-hmm. and that's
0: what you have to offer the world, do it. Right. Absolutely. And I think that's what you're doing. Um, so before we move on to some of the 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 latter ends latter segments of this of this show I do want to take a second to just give a huge shout out to one of our our sponsors or supporters of the community actual list actually listened to by business owners so it's the it's a weird thing where this show actually is listened to by people it's made for and uh, and one of them is Stephanie Emmett right and 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 I want to give her a shout out because what she does with people and what she helps people accomplish uh, by leaning on her strengths as a copywriter is If any of you have ever spent countless hours, you're launching some new venture, maybe looking to set up a book or whatever, and you know, marketing is going to be the one thing that you got to get around to. And you're like, marketing, (laughs) I can see you moving in your chair, just thinking about marketing, right? I don't know what I should be doing. Emails don't work. you know. I do all the things and none of the things work. (laughs) I get engagement, but no sales, what's going on. You know, I don't want to come across as salesy, all that, whatever you may right. be in your head, yeah. that symphony of noise. Well, if that sounds like you, believe it or not, Stephanie Emmett has a solution for you. She She specifically has crafted it just for people like that who are worried about that, constantly thinking about that. She calls it the startups to six figures mentorship, right? And in this mentorship, they'll give you simple, clear, and exact steps you need to take no iterations like trust me this is the system just follow it it will work for you you won't feel frozen with analysis paralysis and you won't get a checklist that's like huge and like like a cvs receipt if any of you know what i'm <laughs> talking about <laughs> with impossible tasks no all you have to do is go to the and that's right as in w-r-i-t-e so the right stephanie.com and if you go to the website and enter War Room, you can get 10 percent off your first engagement with Stephanie. That's that's, that's the value of being a part of this podcast. Now, that's awesome. coming back to this conversation, if you had a bottom line, right? Before we get to the grand finale, if you had a bottom line advice, right, Lynn, what would that be for people?
1: I I think it has a lot to do with find out who you are, right? and and know that that can sound I don't know, um, like not enough, but there's a lot that we already have that we're geniuses at, believe it or not. I mean, if you want to use that word, it's kind of a lot. Wouldn't we all like to be geniuses or something, right, Jason? So I think there's a lot about knowing who you are and knowing those around you to support you through it. Um, I, I have a story about my husband when he didn't know what to do for sure with work. And we were sitting over like dinner one day, and I all of a sudden looked at him a different way, and I just saw him as a techie. And like we didn't know he was a techie, but he was wearing... Lad shirt, and khakis. And I know that's not necessarily a techie, but my point is we were like, wow, you're really good at that. Maybe that's who you are. And he 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 now has a really flourishing um career in it where he kept going up and down, up and down. So if you can't find out who you are on your own, re- look at the reflections of others. What did people say? What did they say about you as a kid? What do they say about you now? And and it's there. And it's there for us to start walking in and take on, take it on.
0: I love that. You're so right. Um, I can think of a number of times people have said at the end of our calls and Jason can vouch for this, right? Like, wow, Philip, like, are you kidding me? You know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. That, that, and I'm the kind of person that will hear that. And then Jason's like, you did hear them. Right. <laughs> uh, so, so I think, I think that's a, that's a valuable tidbit to leave behind. So with that said, I think we're here for the grand finale uh, for all the points. Lynn, if you could have invited anybody today to be a part of this conversation, who would you have loved to have had here and why them specifically?
1: I would say my dad. And that is because he has been a um, supporter through the years. Um, he saw things in me that I didn't know were there and drew them out. And even just saying that one day when I was 18 over a bowl of Cheerios, hey, when are you going to write your first book? And it just took me back. and and I'm thinking, well, I'm going to class now, so you know <laughs> I really don't know and like so many years later it's always been there. It's always been there, it's always been there. So I would like to I would love to have had him here and um my next book is going to be dedicated to him. My goal to get this book out was I wanted to have him have it in his hands and he got that got to ha- that was able to happen. We got a gr- I have a great picture of him. I had he he read it and all these different things and he was, He was 91 and passed away last year and I was so thankful to have had it in his hands and his support and to just, um, just to see that happen was amazing. So to have him here would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Huge shout out. I mean, we talked about this early on, but what a, what a huge influence on on the, on the path that you took, Uh, Mm -hmm. even, even no matter how long it took you to get there and then to be able to deliver that in time. I can see why that's a special moment. And I'm glad that you shared that with us. For me, this has been a conversation that's filled with a lot of heart and a lot of uh, clarity, you know, Uh, pretty straightforward, no BS approach to how you may want to consider reflecting on some of the things that have happened in your life and maybe where you want to go. And uh, I can't think of a time where that's ever a bad conversation to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Um, With that said, though, it's tradition around here for Jason to close us out. So those are my closing thoughts. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting you, Lynn. I'm going to let Jason close this out. Thank you for that. Yeah, meeting you,
2: well, so. it's like Forrest Gump said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? Well, I think true. you sent me that yesterday. <laughs> yeah, <I did>. <laughs> 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 it's true, though. It's kind of like the podcast, right? It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, right? So yeah. it's... Uh, but it's about the human experience that we get to go through, right? Mm-hmm. Every everything is designed to be as good or bad as we want it to be. It's up mm-hmm. to us to decide whether it's good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then it's up to us to embrace things and get the most, squeeze as much orange juice out of the orange mm-hmm. as we can, right? Because mm-hmm. um, if if we truly do that, then we fill the cup. Right mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and Love and that.
2: we're we're the cup. We're, we are our own cup, and however we decide to fill it every day, that's on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You can it can be a, a terrible day. It's like I tell my son every day, every morning he's not the kid that gets up with fireworks flying out. <laughs> um, and I'd have to tell him and remind him every day, son, it's your day, right it's going to turn out how you want it to. Mm -hmm. And he snaps right out of it. So Ah. so it's, we're in control of our own day. And Mm -hmm. if we choose to make that day amazing, it'll be amazing. If we choose Mm -hmm. to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves or there you go. I Mm -hmm. choose it to be amazing every day. (laughs) 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 I choose life for sure. Live it. Live it to its ultimate degree. And thank you for taking the time to be here. Really appreciate it. Sharing your story, your path, your guidance with our audience. Um, Very much appreciated.
1: Thank you so much, Jason. that is well said. And I think of in the book, there's the theme best life ever in Miss Knickers because she wants to create her best life ever, you know, and, and through that, she goes through figuring out who she is and figuring out what works for her and what, what hasn't been working for her. And, um, so I love how you're saying that it can be our best life ever. Even if we go through transitions that are hard, or we have, have time for reflection where we are feeling sorry for them ourselves and coming out of that and gaining what we've, we've gathered. And, um, Anyway, just thank you so much, Philip and Jason. It's been a pleasure. You've made it a fun afternoon and I appreciate that.
0: Absolutely. Right. No, it was our pleasure too. Cheers. 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 Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Llanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.